In today's episode, I talk with Dom, better known as Tech Wisdom. Probably you've seen him already on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. He's one of the biggest tech influencers making little sketches for developers, showing little tools, etc. And I'm really happy that he's here today in the podcast show explaining how he reached the goal earning 500k per month with creating little videos for the internet. And we talk about his SaaS startup Sparrow, which is launched seven days ago. So let's get it started. Welcome to a new podcast episode of the Digital Economics Podcast. Today I have Domagoj Lalkvidovic here, uh, but you're mostly known uh, as Tech Wisdom. Uh, so I guess everyone who's uh, like a developer and using Instagram or uh, TikTok or whatever social media platform probably has seen one of your sketches. Uh, like like your, your, your reach is huge, man. <laughs> Like, like, like uh, can, can you tell us some numbers? Uh, do, do you have them um, in mind? I think I have uh, Instagram open. So, so 500k followers on Instagram. That's insane. <laughs> uh, like, like, is it throughout all the platforms uh, that you have like a few uh, thousand uh, followers uh, or is it mainly Instagram and TikTok you're playing right now? Well, my main platforms are Instagram and TikTok. So... Uh, yeah, Instagram is around 500k, while uh, TikTok is 200 something k. But I also started to grow more on YouTube, so I broke like 10k recently, which is nothing compared to those large numbers on Instagram or or TikTok. But yeah, I'm definitely putting effort into into more platform. LinkedIn too, although LinkedIn is more for business than just like for just for pure content like i i mean um, probably if people are developers they know your content um if someone never heard of you uh how, how do you explain people what you're doing for a living <laughs> what do i do for a living yeah that's sometimes i struggle uh, <laughs> i struggle saying saying that too but yes at the moment i am a tech content creator and influencer also CTO and co-founder of one startup, Sparrow, uh, which was co-founded recently. And there are other like smaller businesses that I run, like, I don't know, online clothing store, or I have some courses and something like that. But at this moment, still the main income is tech wisdom and promotion deals we do on tech wisdom. How did this all started? Because um, you were working like as a front-end engineer, software engineer, software developer, like senior front-end engineer. That are the things I, I see in your uh, like CV on on LinkedIn from 2000, uh, like yeah, yeah, I think 2015 until like 2022 and then it started that you're building tech wisdom uh was it by side or or was there like a big happening where was the switch from turning from like being a software engineer making videos about software engineering well i was always really interested in just trying out some online things i always wanted to start some online business and 
I was trying out Twitter, I was trying out Medium and like a couple of other things like, I don't know, online ghostwriting business with freelancers from Fiverr and like I was just trying out a lot of stuff. But none of those things, I actually didn't like many of those things and that's why I didn't stick with them properly. I tried them, I was doing them for a couple of months, but none of them actually worked and then... My sister suggested me, like, why don't you start TikTok? Because she was doing something with TikTok at the moment. And I was like, well, why not? That was 2021. Honestly, I didn't have a lot of contact with social networks at all. Because, yeah, I for, pro, for private uses, I deactivated my social network accounts years ago. But when she suggested me that, I don't know, the feeling was somehow right. And I was like, okay, why not? Like, I will try out TikTok. I checked out other tech content there. And honestly, it was pretty bad. And I was like, well, I can definitely create something better here. For example, on YouTube, it was pretty strong because, well, everything started on everything started on YouTube. But with short form videos, I noticed, whoa, it is pretty, it is pretty weak. And then I started creating videos on TikTok, which was more like coding tutorials, stuff like I was creating videos with code. I would say like I coded something and then I screen recorded and like some nice tutorials, some funny videos. And yeah, that's how it all started. And it ah, but, really but started. That's interesting. You started with tutorials because nowadays uh, like you're doing more sketches and, and like funny videos, um, but it started a little more like in the tutorial. Uh, like edge of things kind of like tutorials but also yeah i was just like explaining things that i that i know because well i was working as a front-end engineer i still am like for so many years with so many amazing engineers and i just knew so many things like when you go deeper and deeper into coding you just learn so many new things and i kind of like love explaining things to people i love putting complex things into and explaining it in simple terms. So yeah, it started with uh, tutorials. I was also doing funny videos, but way less because I was always, I always loved to make jokes in my life. And I was always that person who was, I don't know, throwing jokes, people were laughing and everything. So then of course I started to like throw jokes on TikTok too. But yeah, it, it was definitely more tutorials in the beginning. Yeah, but 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 I uh, really like that it turned into the funny direction. I <laughs> I think your videos are hilarious. Um, that, that's how how I got to know you, like like watching your front end uh, developer or developer in general videos, uh, like for I think now probably two years or something. Uh, yeah, and was really seeing myself in this situation. Uh, like your sketches are on point, dude. That's insane. And and how did it went? Like, like, did you grow really fast or is it like a long way until you hear? Because I think nowadays uh, people just see like, oh my gosh, he's like this huge audience, like almost half a million people um, seeing your content like on a regular basis um, or probably even more. Um, but but like, was there a hockey stick that you for a long time had like posted things without anyone seeing it or was it going well from the beginning can you tell a little about this yeah i can definitely share that whole that whole journey it actually started pretty good from the beginning so i started posting 
just on TikTok and first two weeks, nothing special happened on TikTok. I got maybe like 20, 30 followers. Uh, but I received some comments from people that, wow, like this channel is like so underrated because I was really putting a lot of effort in those videos and they were nice videos. Even when I look at them now, I I'm still like, wow, they're not that bad. You know, when you start with something and it's like terrible <laughs> with many things, but I'm looking at even now and like, wow, they're not bad considering those <laughs> were my first videos. And then... I kind of got my first viral video, which was viral for that time. It was around 20, 30K views, and I grew to 250 followers, which was a lot back then. And then a week or two later, I got another viral video, which later grew to more than 1 million views on TikTok, and I broke like 1K followers. And then I was just like consistently growing maybe after two three months i already had 10k followers which is well pretty good because i would say that that part is the hardest like that start because so many people just stay on that start not not necessarily because the content is bad but just because the, the algorithm just doesn't doesn't catch them and then everything was growing consistently and in march so i started everything in september 2021 and six months later, March 2022, I had 50K followers on TikTok. And I, I was still only on TikTok just because I had no knowledge about social media or anything. So I was doing everything, everything alone. Nobody was mentoring me and something. But then I started to go on more events since I lived in London at the time. I started to go on more events for social uh, media, for content creators, and then people's suggested me like well why don't you just post to another platforms like you have youtube shorts instagram reels uh you can basically repost the same videos and i was like well yeah a great a great idea and that's when i started instagram so it was march 2022 for the first couple of months there was really not a lot of progress like just maybe 100 200 followers in total nothing specifically was happening on instagram I wasn't putting a lot of attention into it, but then like I decided it was, I think July, 2022, I decided like, okay, now I'm going to put a lot more effort. I'm going to be consistent because I was just posting in consistently random things. Now I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to create nice covers, post two times a day because I have so much stuff from TikTok. And then until September, nothing specifically happened. I had maybe 500 followers, but then, in one month, I grew from 500 to 100K, which was the biggest jump ever. And that's basically when everything started because Instagram is a really powerful platform, more powerful for creators than TikTok. And that's when my life really started to change. And then that one month when I'm just getting goosebumps right now and I remember, but yeah, the growth was just crazy. I know that in one day I grew... I had 7,000 new followers just in one day. So yeah, that like that month was just, wow. Um, w was it like from the beginning, like also having this goal in mind, like earning money with this channel? And w when did it start that you had like the first sponsorships? Uh, like was this also, be because you said my, my, then my life was changing. I, I guess it was also changing money-wise uh, that you didn't have to rely on a normal job. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. 
definitely the time it started to change. Even before that year, I was doing some smaller promo deals, but definitely not enough to live to live from it. Then I started to do UGC. That's basically uh, abbreviation for user generated content, and it means I create videos, but I don't post them on my channels. I rather create them for other brands because so many brands want to have social media presence now, but they need, I mean, it's much better if those brands hire creators who know what they're doing just because content will be better. So I was doing that uh, as my side job and everything. Uh, but then when Instagram exploded, then I realized that power of promo deals and that, well, you can earn so much more money with a large audience. And for one videos on your channel, you can earn like, I don't know, 20 videos you created for a client at that time. So yeah, that definitely changed things a lot. And, and then I decided to quit my job. That was, that was that time because everything was just going so extremely well. And I was like, I need to catch this wave. Uh, it was my, my intention definitely throughout recent years, because more, the more I was working for other people, like I'm extremely grateful for it because I learned so much. I met incredible people and like, well, they were helping me to live. Obviously they were giving me salary and everything without them, who knows what would happen. So I'm so grateful for all of those things, but I just couldn't imagine myself continuing on that path longer in my life. So that's why I was, I was always trying things on the side. So I kind of knew that at some point something will happen because I was trying out for years to to like break that and then yes instagram instagram exploded and i was like okay this is a real opportunity i know i don't need to fully jump into it but 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 like also when you posted the first video it, it was this idea in mind okay maybe that's one of the thousand things i tried uh, to earn a living like self-employed be like flexible uh, can travel the world and these kind of things well honestly no i didn't have those intentions in the beginning i just wanted to try it out and i that was the biggest difference between all those other things i tried out was that i actually really enjoyed that i enjoyed making that video editing it recording it i just like the, the whole process was so fun that even without getting anything in return i still enjoyed the process so that's why i continued But, but weren't you fucking afraid because I uh, like built with, with, with two friends um, like a SaaS startup uh, and we will uh, launch this thing like with, without a big bang but what we will be public on uh, Friday uh, like for founders in Germany because it's fucking complicated to build your own company there and I think it's really really hard to get people on this platform. And so we talked about this yesterday and it was like, yeah, probably YouTube is a good place to uh, like get people attracted to sign up on this platform because it's like a complicated topic. You have to explain it a little bit. And I think it's a really good idea, but I'm also so fucking afraid. And I remember when starting this podcast, I, thinking, I was thinking like for 
maybe two years about this. Oh, I would love to do that. Um, or I would love to talk with these kind of people, but uh, people, but of course they just will talk to me if there's a podcast or something like this. Um, I was fucking afraid. And I think nowadays it's definitely one of the best decisions I ever did, like creating this podcast. Uh, but I was fucking afraid and I was like really worried about many, many things and really nervous in the beginning. Wasn't that a thing for you, like being nervous <laughs> on the first videos? Uh, you mean videos when I when I was quitting my job or the videos when I started? When you started, when you all. started. Uh, because I, oh, I mean, yes. you, you get in public. <laughs> Everyone's <Yeah>. seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely, I was definitely not necessarily nervous because I was doing everything hidden because I wasn't sharing videos with anyone. I basically just told that to my sister and that's it. It's not like I was sharing that with my with my friends. So I would advise anyone who wants to start something, if they, uh, if they are afraid of that other people's opinion and everything, because of course it's the hardest in the beginning that they just start and they don't need to tell anyone because well, in the beginning, nobody will notice them. It would be extremely like extremely, uh, impossible that somebody, that somebody notices them. But, that is also what I notice on that whole journey on social media is how you just start caring less about other people's opinions. Like in the beginning, yes, it was first nobody knows, but then suddenly a few people find out because you grew and you're bigger and they just randomly saw your videos there. And then like they contact you and then you are nervous and you all have like that negative train of thoughts and you feel embarrassed and everything but kind of like the more people found it out about me the more i was just feeling myself because i was like well i don't have now i now i don't have to hide anything else because people already see me so that whole thing was really a personal development journey too, because the more I was myself on social media, the more I was able to be myself in the real world too, not just to hide and share opinions that I assume that other people might like, not actually my opinions or caring about other people's opinions. And that can be extremely costly, even though it sounds like a minor thing, but it's something that people do for, for their whole life, just care about some other people's opinions, probably about people they they don't even know or they barely know. They saw them once or they saw them in high school 20 years ago or something yeah. and they care, <laughs> care about those opinions. And then because of them, they actually don't build their life because they are completely afraid. Because of course, in the beginning, it can be embarrassing because like you're creating those videos, you probably suck, you have 10 followers, you have free views. So, yeah, of course, it can be a bit embarrassing in the beginning, but then the more you the more you grow, then suddenly like people switch from laughing to, well, this is now interesting because now you start seeing traction and then at one point they start to contact you and like, wow, so now you suddenly suddenly they're interested in you and want to hang out with you, but before before they left. And it's I would say it's a classic, it's a classic journey. I've heard that from so many entrepreneurs, content creators, everyone, even before I started that, that's just a normal thing in the beginning. Like 
you have a lot of insecurities, you people will laugh, you will suck at what you do. And even though it might not be true for everyone, but you definitely won't have everything figured out in the beginning. Like you can only figure out, you will never figure out everything, but you can figure out things just by going through the journey and learning. Yeah, and it's so worth it in the end. Like, like with this podcast as well, like in, in, in the end, like many, many people don't care where I was worried. And, and yeah, a few people like which are interest, uh, interested in tech founders and like the tech industry in general, they like it and I get positive feedback. So I, I think it's, yeah, but, 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 but I think I'm not the only one or you weren't the only one struggling with this in the beginning, but, but, but yeah, you're, 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 you're saying it correctly. Like it, the cost is so high if you're not building your own life. Um, you're, you're having this huge opportunity cost, like missing, <laughs> missing building something great. And I think you can really feel that I, I was, uh, jumping through your website, uh, and, um, watch the trailer, uh, of the content wizard, uh, course <laughs> before we had this call. And it's so cool. Like you, you're just like standing in the pool with your microphone, <laughs> but, but like, uh, giving a fuck about everything. Um, so. It says also on the, on this website, uh, like in 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 a year and a half, I built a solo a content creation business, earning 500k in annual revenue. Are these numbers still accurate? That's insane, man. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. That was basically a projection of of months, because uh, yeah, after that was. How much? Yeah, around year and a half, I started to have those 30, 40k, 40k months, something then extra pop, popped in and something like that. And yes, those numbers were because people then see those six figure salaries and they think that's really high and they can never reach it by themselves. But by yourself, you actually have so many, so much, so much more possibilities because you can do everything. You're not blocked by anything. You can try out anything. And in the end, everything goes to you. Maybe you have to pay some fees to some platforms, but everything goes to you. You're not limited to. Yeah, but, but, but that's a crazy thing. Like, 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 I, I guess there are like lots of agencies earning that money. Uh, there are lots of companies earning that money. But in your case, you don't really have costs. Like, I mean, of course, you have maybe like a cost of having a nice Airbnb, which is visually nice for the video. But beside of it, do you have any bigger costs for creating your videos? I wouldn't say so. Yeah, definitely nicer, nicer Airbnbs. That's some, that's some cost and equipment cost. But other than that, not, not exactly. That's insane. Uh, that means like that your uh, sales volume, like, like your revenue is kind of one-to-one -one your profit, maybe like 10% margin or a 5% margin or something, but you can keep most of the money to yourself, right? Yeah, de definitely. Because it, it is a pretty unique, it is a pretty unique model, especially now after I see just like agencies who put in, so much work and need to like manage so many so much people and everything and it's like a agency of 10 people and then in the end i earn more than or more than them just alone by creating a couple of promo videos or or doing things from the side it's a it, it is a unique 
uh, revenue model. But that's also one of the reasons why it is successful because it is quite unique and irreplaceable. If you are a tech company and you want to like make the tech world know about you in also pretty unique way because they don't do those promo deals like many people do just presenting the product talking about the product i always try to make it like funny or in skit format or engaging and that's why those videos actually get millions of views some of them like the recent one i posted got more than three million views and if you wanted to get three million views by paying to social networks and using paid ads well that that's a lot of money that's like I don't know how much, but it's definitely six figures to get uh, to get three million views, especially if you target to like I don't know European or US uh, audiences. So and I mean yeah. it's a positive brand association. Like if you're seeing a YouTube video, like a YouTube ads, that's fucking annoying. Everyone hates that, and I even have some brands where I'm like, no, I'm not buying your product because you're annoying me on on YouTube, and I I think. Like your videos are videos I choose to watch because they are funny. Uh, and like that's a completely different thing like from like a YouTube video where I'm forced to watch it um, because I'm kind of open for it and I'm, I'm like I'm enjoying uh, watching it. Uh, so I, I think for a brand it's more intelligent spending the money like this than for paid ads. And insane, like three million. Imagine, like someone would do like Google ads or something to reach, or YouTube ads to reach three million. Uh, compared to that, the numbers uh, you ask for are kind of low. Uh, <laughs> but at the other side, I, I was impressed. So I, I uh, am right now at the other side, like uh, searching for ways to promote our product. Um, and actually, was also reaching out to you, but our management thinks it, it's maybe the audience is maybe too big for now. Um, but uh, you you take like uh, around five thousand euros for a real story a TikTok video and the YouTube short uh, which you post. Um, and how often do do you post something like this? And and you also have a mega reach and the standard uh, thing. Is someone booking mega reach or standard, or is it like a typical anchoring system that everyone is booking the one in the middle? <laughs> uh, it's a typical system, yeah. Like that one in the middle is definitely booked by probably eighty eighty percent of people, <laughs> and then like some of them like go left or left or right. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's always like that. Like that that psychology really uh, yeah really works well and how many of those deals do i have well that also depends depends from month uh from month to month some months they just tend to be higher so i even have like something like two promos per week other months a bit lower so it's maybe like one per week or even even a bit less but i would say maybe on average like six per week seven per week some, uh, sorry six per month seven, seven per month something like that although it's hard it's a bit hard to say because that business is it is definitely high income but it's a bit can be a bit unpredictable especially many people just depend on inbound requests so if you don't if you do on inbound not on outbound then it's a bit harder to like have a predictable revenue because well suddenly brands stop sending messages and emails and then you uh then you can cry but 
uh, yeah, that's why outbound is here to like save that. But outbound means you're reaching out to brands, which could be interesting for the channel. And uh, you're asking them, do you want a promotion on my channel? Yes. People can do that in many ways. Like, for example, you have, you can just like drop them a message on Instagram and people will usually read the message and, and respond. So you can either do that or you have automated ways, for example, through LinkedIn. There are those tools to automate LinkedIn, like Dripify or Lamblist, and basically just connect the tool to LinkedIn. You go through Sales Navigator, get some leads, import them to the app, and then everything is automated. You're sending 20 messages per day to people, and you're just starting conversations. And then those who reply, then that's that whole negotiation negotiation process how many people reach out to you and how many people uh, you reach out to the companies and they sign a contract in the end like percentage wise probably 80 20 i would say i would say that 80 reach out to me 20 i reach out to them but that's also because i'm not that good yet at reaching out to other company or just even shortlisting the right people I would love to reach. That was the biggest problem with the first outbound campaign I started was um, I imported, I think, like 1,000 leads. And it was like a long list. I had so many things to do because, well, when you're a content creator, you just have so many things things to do. It was especially in the beginning. Uh, and then I didn't go that much detailed through that list. So I started automatically contacting, pe contacting people and then many of them returned back to me and messaged back but then I checked them out and I was like but I actually don't want to do a promo deal with them in the first place yeah so I would say that list of uh, list of leads is extremely important because it is it is time consuming because every reply it's basically a new negotiation process so you want to be as sure as possible that you reach out to right people otherwise well you just waste a lot of time on on doing things that can have good results yeah i think automating this can be like definitely a problem because like every client is different and there are for sure enough crypto products you shouldn't promote because like your followers like i am would be annoyed if you're doing like many many crypto deals which are kind of scammy and stuff uh yeah so I, I'm not sure if like automate, but, but you're thinking of automating, but creating the list first, which people should be reached out and like checking with companies before you reach out to them, something like this in the long run. Uh, well, yeah, definitely. You need to like shortlist, make a like really good list of leads. You find it usually through Sales Navigator and then you started reaching out to them automatically just like introducing yourself and trying to solve their problem because many companies actually want to solve their problems they want to invest in marketing they just don't know how they just can't find the right creators or anything because for me selling is just you're solving somebody else's problem and of course you're getting something in return so that is my goal with promo deals in the end of course I need to make a link, but I want to help brands because 
I usually promote extremely cool tools, which I think that are benef- uh, that are beneficial to my audience. Because sometimes I see those tools and I'm like, oh, whoa, this is just an amazing, like either dev tool or Chrome extension or something. So when I share it, I really think that people will like it because I find it really interesting. And it's something completely new that usually there are just like fresh startups. Nobody has ever seen something like that. And then, of course, you help the brand because they they are also like an early stage or mid stage startup who, of course, struggles with marketing. So doing something like that definitely helps them. So it's it should be just pluses for everyone in this whole equation. Yeah, I had a coach at, uh, in this podcast, like one of these startups, and they said like, uh, yeah, maybe 50% they, they, of their first installs they got through uh, like product hunt being listed uh, at product of the day, and the other 50% uh, they got through your videos. And uh, in the end, uh, like this is nowadays, I think, the main channel to reach new installs. Uh, that's that's incredible because I, I think that's a good example for like some some team building like a cool new thing which doesn't exist so far uh, people who are probably not having like this huge huge budget uh, to waste money on youtube um and yeah I, i i think it's a really interesting combination especially as you have developers following you um you say on your website uh, today i live what people call a dream life what is a dream life for you <laughs> <laughs> well That's yeah, that's from that page with with content creation and everything. But what I consider dream life in that uh, in that terms is mostly freedom, fulfillment, independence, happiness, money, basically just the ability to be anywhere in the world where I want, do anything I want, schedule the day exactly how I want it. So for me, that's kind of like a dream life just to have that ability because obviously I didn't have that up until, well, a year ago, a year ago, I was still like, those are my last days working for my previous company. And well, of course, then you need to be not in the office. I was working remotely, but you still need to be online five days a week. You need to like schedule vacations. You just cannot move somewhere because you're in that country because of all the laws and everything. So it's not like that uh, easy to just go compared to now where I can just, well, where do we gonna go? Like, let's just go there. Like we have that freedom. We, And that's what's kind of like I love the most about it. Just like, just that freedom, but not, not freedom in a way that Like now we have that freedom, so now we do nothing, but more like it's such an amazing opportunity because right now we can try out so many new things because we have the time. We don't have to work for anyone. We can find like a perfect location and just like trying out things. That's how we created our own startup just because, well, we had all the time we needed. I don't need to do anything else. I could have just focused on that. That's just such an opportunity to do that. You can take a day off if you want to, and you can work your ass off for three days straight if you're really onto something, but no one, like you're not like reporting to someone uh, who's like asking you uh, to be at nine o'clock <laughs> in the stand-up and these kind of things, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And 
also, also I would say it's not only about the time, but it's also like about attention and energy of the people you're surrounded with. Because from my experience uh, of working in companies, there are usually not that many people from the company you would spend your time in private life too. Then why would I spend so much time and the best years of my life with people that I don't want to spend time with? Because even now after seeing like hundreds of people in so many different companies, I'm maybe in touch with three of them. And with just a couple of them, we hanged out in private life. So it's more about that, like just the surrounding, not saying of course that people are bad or anything, but we all have people that we prefer. So just we, why wouldn't we be surrounded just with those people? And then we can really thrive. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess the most time we spend our life, we spend at work, <laughs> but, but, but you're saying on your website, like work life balance is bullshit. So, uh, you, you don't really like the separation between the two of us? Kinda. Yeah. Because I, I believe if you love what you do, you don't have that, distinction you're kind of like always working but you're always on a vacation too i don't know when i look at my day today i woke up i coded then we went to the beach grab a coffee then later like had a dinner or something now i'm here again having this podcast so kind of like all of these things are really cool to me and like even that work fulfills me sometimes more than a pure relaxation because while I'm coding on my startup or now I'm having like this really cool, cool podcast, I just enjoy it. Or sometimes I create a video. I have so much fun doing it and yeah, I just enjoy it even more than being on the beach sometimes, but there's not like a real distinction, I would say, which can also be <laughs> a problem for many people because you just like, you really need to work a lot, especially in the beginning and especially later as, as you want to grow. But that's why you pick things that you love doing. Otherwise, it can be really hard. But but, but that's really interesting. I, I, I think you would be in a position now where you could just say like, okay, yeah, I, I do a little techy stuff so that I'm informed, kind of. But why should I work now? And you founded like a tech startup yourself now. You, you built like a SaaS uh, business or s start doing that. So you didn't like stop doing coding stuff and these kind of things. Um, so you, you, the thing which was annoying for you was not the coding itself. It was more like this, uh, like rules around the coding, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question. Because in the beginning, I thought it's maybe actually coding. Maybe I'm not for for coding. So when I quit my job, I just went full blast into content creation. And I actually stopped coding almost completely for a couple of months just because I didn't have any ideas. I was just like maintaining my website or something. But it's extremely simple website made with React. So nothing, nothing too complex. But then I realized after a couple of months that I actually miss coding because it's it's fun. It's fun to go that deep and solve those deep problems because all the other problems, which was also a plus that I was like solving after coding, if they were logical, like, I don't know, video editing, 
then I realized, well, they're just extremely simple. If I have a problem, I Google it, I solve it in two minutes, five minutes. But with coding, oh my God, some problems you just cannot solve for days and weeks. And then you ask other people and like <laughs> five engineers are working on the problem and they can like cannot solve it. And like kind of like miss those, miss those big challenges. But I still didn't didn't code just because well coding is really time consuming so if you don't do it with the right purpose uh well yeah a lot of time is wasted but yes then uh my wife and uh, uh my wife and i actually she jen from from all the videos and everything uh so if you know tech wisdom you know you know yeah, jen yeah. too <laughs> yeah so she came up with that idea and because she uh, she was working in film and connected industries, so she found out she got to that idea that we could start something there. And then she was brainstorming that idea. I was even there, and then I said, like, when I noticed how big opportunity that is, that well. I will start coding again. Then I started coding and it was absolutely incredible, gorgeous experience. I really missed it, especially now with AI, because I just quit my job when all the chat GPT era started. So I actually haven't coded with AI, but now when I realized you have GPT-4 and other crazy models to solve your problems, it's, it's really fun because when you code and you get stuck and you just cannot solve something for hours and you can even be stuck for days that's kind of gone with with ai especially if you're more experienced engineer that part is kind of gone so that there's not that much frustration as before so yeah i now i must say i just i really love coding there is something there is something really really special so before previously i just like didn't like my lifestyle altogether i didn't find any purpose behind the coding so because for me it's not so much what you do but why do you do it for who you do it coding is just a tool for me and you can prefer one tool over the other but in reality if i do something completely meaningless to me no matter if it's the best coding project in the world with best people with like billions of dollars in revenue but if I'm not interested into it and I don't see any purpose, then it's going to be way more fun for me to just like work on my own project or something where I find purpose. Yeah, I think that's so interesting in many, many developers that they just in their free time, like like they are off work and they are like, I, I recognize this, but, but just because uh, like my friends asked me why I'm doing this right now, we were in holidays, we had a chill evening, everyone was reading a book or drinking a beer and I was sitting there <laughs> working on a website and, and a friend was, was like, yeah, are you working? And I was like, no, actually I'm not. I, I, I really enjoy this right now. This is like reading a book. Uh, I, I think lots of developers have this in common, like, like especially on their own projects. And I think that's a big difference of like a good developer and an awesome developer. That awesome developers really often have their own private projects where they really enjoy like sitting down and building some things. I, I think we are meant to build things. And I, I think programming languages are just one way. You could also paint a picture or build a house or something. But 
Oh, that's so enjoyable. I, I really understand that you that you got to the point that when you missed programming. <laughs> exactly exactly what you said like you just need to build something you need to create we are here to create and from that creation well the most fulfillment is here like when you code something on your own and where you just create a podcast or but you need to like create something and also for me there's a massive difference in creating something from for yourself and having that whole process or just like be that like small piece and like helping others to like manifest their ideas because this podcast well that was your idea and then it's gorgeous to see that like coming to coming into reality but if you worked i don't know on the biggest podcast the best podcast in the world figuratively speaking and if you were just like one out of 100 per people working there well That would be the biggest and most successful podcast in the planet, but I'm sure you still enjoy your podcast way more than. Uh, yeah, yeah, than it, that it's one. It, it's uh, it's your idea. It has so its own magic. Yeah, yeah, it has its own magic when you're like your own boss. Like, like, like with this podcast, where was the suggestion that I should ask for money for podcast guests because uh, there's an audience uh, and and like um, there are some people asking where I'm just writing them like no. I think it's not interesting for a podcast. And, and like a friend of mine was like, yeah, just just charge the money. Uh, like I know podcasts doing it like that. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to these people and I can make this decision. And that's amazing. That's, that's really, really awesome. Or I can decide like how long the podcast is. I can decide uh, b b because there was also uh, like one idea, like, yeah, make it shorter. And I, I love. I really like the long format. Like, like I think there are so many short format things. I I really like listening to podcasts myself, and that it's my decision that I can say no, no, it stays like it is. <laughs> That's so amazing, and and I can invite the people I'm interested in. Like, yeah, as said, like one of the best decisions I ever made for this podcast. Um, you're based now in Sri Lanka, um, or Sri Lanka as we say in Germany, um. How did that come? Where did you grow up and why did you decided to move here? <laughs> uh, well, I grew up, I was born in Croatia and I was living there for the most of my life when I was like in high school, obviously school before and college. I just went like on Erasmus shortly actually to Germany, to Leipzig. Oh. a couple of months yeah and then i realized uh yeah i was in berlin many times really loved the place <laughs> so uh, should we switch to german then <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh better no like my german <laughs> ich <weiß ein> but, <laughs> oh, but, that's pretty good yeah but better better no better, <laughs> okay better in english uh but uh yes i grew up in croatia then After visiting Leipzig, I realized, wow, I really need to live somewhere abroad, like just go into the world and find myself. Because I noticed how much you grow as a person when you are like out of that initial environment. And it doesn't mean that that environment is necessarily bad, but it just needs to be different environment because you have so many mental models, how the world works or how anything works but it's just based on that initial circle and then you move somewhere else even though croatia and germany 
it's not such a massive cultural difference, but it's still pretty big difference, especially for me first time. And then I decided, okay, I definitely need to just for my personal development, like go out. I never watched career that that much because I knew that if I work on myself, like career will just and everything will just come. And then I moved to London. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I lived there for lived there for two years. I was working in Croatia for a couple of years, got some pretty pretty nice front-end engineering knowledge, and then moved to London and I worked there in in a tech startup too for two years. And I always wanted to be a digital nomad. And I just knew when like I even had like some ideas to like find a fully, fully remote job where like no time zones are important or anything like that. But then I'm glad that this other uh, outcome came where I was just able to quit my job and then I actually became a digital nomad. So this year, I wouldn't say I'm based anywhere. Right now we are in Sri Lanka actually for for quite a long time, like already three, four months something like that just because like we isolated here to isolated here to work before that we were in we were in the us we were in san francisco and we were just we had idea for our startup uh idea for sparrow and we just wanted to go to some really nice place with like gorgeous nature with like massive houses because you know in San Francisco, like accommodation can be pretty small. And then why would you be like, if you don't have to be, why would you be inside of a, inside of a small apartment? Of course, if you can, if you can rent something for 50 K a month, then it's better. But at this stage, yeah, we're definitely, we definitely said, let's go to some tropical paradise. Why wouldn't we be here when we can, when we can. And then like, our feeling was telling us Sri Lanka, we just came here and we really found our peace here. So we're here for the last couple of months where we were isolated. We were working like crazy. We even like survived the wet season and everything. So for like six weeks, it was raining basically every day, sometimes like for the whole days, like all the time. <laughs> but then we realized that we almost didn't notice it because like we worked so crazy on that startup that we actually were grateful for the weather otherwise we would be outside on the beach like in the coffee shop or something like that but now we were just like literally forced like okay be home and, and do that thing. i sometimes really like this if it's raining outside or if it's cold outside and you're cozy in, in your house but I, I think it has a vibe, uh, but but just if it's like really cold outside or if it's really heavily raining, I I I, I think that's best feeling ever. I I don't know why, but it's it it has a vibe. Uh, do do you uh, plan to be a digital nomad for forever, or do you can imagine to go back to Croatia at some time, or can you imagine to stay in Sri Lanka forever, or? Don't you want to think about this? Or what are your thoughts about like, like uh, the long run of thought about like traveling or staying somewhere? Uh, well, that's also an, an, an interesting question. Mm, we, we definitely discussed finding some place, but we just don't know 
where it is yet. So we said, okay, we're going to be digital nomads until we find our own place where we really, where we really want to stay. So yeah, when will that happen? We don't know, but we also don't like to plan things that much in advance because so many things change uh, in the meantime that we realized, well, it's completely unnecessary to plan things. Why would we plan something in six months where in six months we realize we actually don't want to do it at all? But how is it with friends and family? Because I, I was traveling for almost one year, also lots in Southeast Asia. And I was really homesick at some point. Um, and I think that's like, I really love traveling and I really love like this digital nomad thing. But I think what's kind of missing at some point is like getting these really, really close connections because everyone's traveling around you. How do yes. you feel about this? Yes, that is, that is the biggest problem with you really cannot form that stronger relationships with people because you constantly move so in terms of friends that that is not that ideal but yes i'm traveling with wife so yeah i definitely like she's my well my everything my friend my lover my family my sister like literally literally everything so we i get all the fulfillment i need with her but long term yes we definitely want to of course create and grow friendships and everything and for that you probably need to be need to be based somewhere although things are moving to online world more and more but still nothing can replace that that human touch i i really like these uh, digital nomad villages where like people like digital nomads come together but not like on a public scale so most of the times there's not even a website or something it's more like a friends group which is like everyone is a digital nomad and then they are coming together like twice a year or something for a week or, or a month uh i i like the per first podcast episode uh here in the english format of the podcast was with a guy building something like this i think that's really interesting that you have like digital nomad friends which you uh, who you don't see like the whole time but like at some points of the year you get reconnected somehow but i'm like really thinking about this nowadays because i i want to travel and i want to see the world but at the same time i also know okay i have like a family which i really like and i have like some friends here in germany and if i would move to southeast asia or something that would be so far away um yeah i don't know <laughs> we'll see <laughs> i think it's hard to plan something like this well it Like with that, I would I would just say do what's do what's calling you, do how you how you feel like. We really love to listen to our intuition and feeling when we do when we do things because when you just analyze too much and do all the pros and cons, then in the end you just have a long list pros to stay in Germany, cons to stay in Germany, pros to go to Thailand or cons, but then you don't actually have the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You what, what to do in the first play? What to do? Like, uh, and that's why we just do what what calls us, what our feeling tells us. And right now, it's definitely telling us yes. Just continue on this path until you'll find something 
something oh my, somewhere. I can, I can tell you that's a really good decision. I'm a huge overthinker. And I think sometimes that's really good and useful, but sometimes it's also just like a really annoying feature of mine. <laughs> but that's common for developers, I would say, especially because developers are such strong thinkers and logical people that for them something that's not logical it, it cannot be mine just cannot accept that because like mine needs to like uh, analyze everything and say like this is the best decision because of like all these all these things but i realized at least for me some life doesn't work like that then i can just then i just ended up i was like that before too i was just like making all my decisions with the mind when thinking analyzing things but I realized then I just have a lot of pros and cons. And usually all those pros and cons are based on my previous experiences and, and previous knowledge. For example, if I had a couple of negative experiences with one thing, then every time I saw that thing, my reaction was negative. But maybe that's not negative in at all. It was just negative because those first couple of experiences. So when I started to move away, from that a bit more and like go more into the world of energies and intuition and meditations and everything and just listen to how I actually feel like, then I really started making much better decisions. And that helped me so much in making the most important decisions in my life, like getting married or quitting my job or stuff like that. Because when you, yeah, when you quit your job, like obviously your mind is panicking because like all that, stability is like falling <laughs> apart and like there are so many crazy thoughts but you just know you have to do it like you know it's you feel it's just the best it's the best choice but just by listening to the mind oh i would never do it it would be i think that's something what most people here in this podcast have in common that they are like so crazy sometimes making this like really risky decisions but are like so driven like yeah i have to do it like yeah, fuck it. I, I should at least try it. And I, I think at least the people who were in the podcast so far were really uh, happy about the risky decisions they, they did in their life. And I I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes maybe you just have to jump. Um, what do you recommend to someone uh, like who wants to uh, make a big change? Just just do it or plan at least a tiny little. So did you have like some financial reserve resources or so you said like you started building something by side. So you were not like going no idea how I financiate my next month. Um, so probably a way to build it by side works best or worked good for you. That worked pretty well for me. I just, maybe I wasn't brave enough or something, but it was just my path that I still had a job. It was well-paid job. I was a senior developer in London, so the salary was pretty good. But also on the side, I was building out my own, my own things. And I just didn't want to quit my job until I had a nice income on the side because I didn't want that stress in my life where I earn 10 times less than with my job and now I quit my job and go fully into it. Not saying that that wouldn't work out, but for some people, maybe it would. But for me, it was best like that, that nice transition where I built something on the side, 
but also still receive a salary. Although that it's hard to answer that question because it depends on so many factors. Maybe if people already have some money, then they can just quit their jobs and focus fully on their dreams they want to pursue. Because some things are almost impossible to build with a full-time job. I would have never been able to launch a startup with a full-time job, but it was possible to build something big in, in content creation. So it just, yeah, it's a, there are a lot of a lot of variables to consider. Yeah, I, I, I really think for most people it's cool, um, especially in the tech industry, that it's possible to build something by side, even like a big tech startup. I, I think there are so many examples of people who just started coding built like a little audience, built like a bitter audience. And at some point users decided like, yeah, okay, we are willing to pay for that feature or that premium uh, service of, of this ass business. I, I think like it's not for all jobs like this, but especially we as tech people are in such a lucky position. Can you tell me a little about Sparrow? Because I looked through the website And I think it's insane that people are spending these amounts of money for film scripts. So, so the, the goal of a website is like being a platform where you can buy or sell scripts for movies, right? Uh, yes, that's, that's kind of like an MVP. That initial, initial launch was to create a screenplay marketplace. We noticed that, Jen actually noticed, of course, because I'm not in that industry, that screenplay writers have so many problems because let's say that you are, by the way, I also didn't know about prices of screenplays, which is uh, like, I think that many people don't know that they can be like really high in like five, six figure range, even like even seven figures range. So yeah. I'd say the lowest crazy. price I thought is 150,000, uh, but there are also 200,000 euros for a screenplay. And I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm so confused. It's a book. It, it, it's a book. Uh, but, but I guess like this is if you're like a really experienced screenplay writer or is it, but also someone doing this for first time maybe can get 200,000 from a sc screenplay. Well, probably not. So in the beginning, you will probably earn three, four figures. It definitely takes a lot of time to create a screenplay. And of course, for experienced writers, they just know, they are aware that those movies will make millions and billions in profit. So, and sometimes, well, it takes them years to write a screenplay. So that's why... That's where those higher higher prices come. But we noticed that, we, Jen, noticed that there is a massive problem with screenplay writers because they don't have any place to sell a screenplay. Jen was also writing her screenplay for well, two years, maybe even more in total. And she was trying to solve that problem and she just couldn't find a way to sell a screenplay. There's nothing online, so you either need to know people or you need to find some weird places, black markets or whatever. And that's when she realized that this is a massive opportunity. Then I got 
into it. I got involved too. Um, and I decided, okay, this is really a massive opportunity. This, this is missing just in the world and somebody will make it sooner or later because how is it possible that you don't have a marketplace for screenplays? Everybody's watching movies. Everybody's watching TV series and everything and tech is growing in every single area and then suddenly tech there is so underdeveloped that you cannot even sell your screenplay. So we we build it right now, which is at the moment like screenplay marketplace or a place to showcase your portfolio. We're definitely adding more feature, like just the ability to come as a client, like as a producer, and then create a job and hire writers for that job, similar to what Upwork has, but just like completely directed just to screenplay writers and make everything, make everything about writing. Well, that, that's really exciting. I, 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 I'm really not in any way like connected to the movie world, so I cannot really guess if there's like a market or not or, or something. I, I'm just impressed by these prices. Like 200k is insane, but at the other side, like probably, yeah, it makes sense if there's a movie for a few million euros, then to spend like on a good story some amount of the money is is. Yeah, it's just making sense. Um, and yeah, yeah, I also like the idea that probably like in the long run, like product hunt or something like that, you can pre, uh, pre-assume how good a movie will be based on the story uh, because people probably could like mark it or save it um, and, and could like in a social media platform like, like uh, say like okay if there's a movie please inform me about this notify me uh, if something's happening on the screenplay because it's really awesome um, yeah I, uh, that's, that's interesting I guess you didn't sold something so far through the platform uh, and nowadays it's mostly about like getting the first audience and getting the first people using it right uh, yes, we haven't sold it yet. We have some users, we have some screenplays on, a couple of pro subscriptions, but yeah, we haven't sold anything yet because it's, well, it's pretty new. I think we launched like a week ago or something like that. So yeah, yeah it exciting. <laughs> it is pretty fresh and we just want to, in the end with that, help artists because artists just have so many dreams and goals and like often they don't have that business mindset so we just want to help them because this is especially from a writer's perspective because i was like you i wasn't that much in the film before uh, or just wasn't in that world so i didn't know about that problematic or anything but most of them just it's completely different because they cannot do anything else because they would be dying on any other job. So they're trying every single thing they can do that to like make their writings successful, but then they just don't have any single platform where they can, where they can share those things. So yeah, we definitely build that to, to help artists, to support artists, to support, independent film because there are so many talented and unique artists that just don't have any opportunity to put their work out because well 
platform doesn't exist. Yeah, I really like the business idea. I, I'm I'm excited uh, like how it will go in the next years if you see you on uh, Instagram. So I, I don't have TikTok. I, I just use Instagram uh, on Instagram, like you showing uh, like the SaaS founder lifestyle <laughs> as well. And and some uh, do you think about like creating a separate channel for that? Because I think like developer channel and the SaaS founder channel would be probably a little different. Or do you think okay, it doesn't really make sense to separate that because it's both like kind of techy stuff. And and also, I mean, you could also think about like creating some channels for like the movie business because I, I guess that's a complete new uh, different kind of yeah audience definitely that jen is more into into that world so she's making she made a channel where we post things specifically just for movies because there's not a lot of overlap between that and for now i don't think i will create any channels for sas founders although it could be an interesting idea But all those things, especially in the beginning, require so much time and energy. And right now, well, we have tech wisdom. We have some other like products uh, besides that. And of course, there's Sparrow. So I just don't want to start something completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. completely from scratch because I know it will take it will take so much time. But that can maybe more be just as a part of my personal brand. I can still share a lot of things on tech wisdom because. Well, I'm the CTO, so I, at the moment, I code so much, so I share a lot of things on on Instagram, which is pretty interesting to to developers. But yes, probably domain. We'll see that later, especially what you said. Like we were actually talking about that feature where we like involve fans into screenplays, where you said something like product hunt. That could be extremely interesting. Interesting because. I'm sure that there are many developers who watch movies and watch series. There are probably not a lot of them who are interested in buying a screenplay or writing a screenplay, but uh, yeah. Yeah, imagine there's like a movie of a day, a movie of a week, movie of a month. If you're a movie of a month, there are pretty high chances that like some like big companies will, will, will check your movie and will check your uh, screenplay. Um, I... I think there are some good features uh, which could be uh, like creating like a really awesome experience for everyone, and and getting like like imagine you're uploading uh, screenplays and at one day you get an email like yeah one of your screenplays you were uploading for is now live on Netflix, that would be really insane. <laughs> well, yes, definitely. Uh, as I said, like we, we we were discussing about that, so I I can see that at some point. In the future, when the community grows and everything, awesome. I I, I think we uh, leave it like this right now. But I would love if if you're open for that, like checking in in one year or something uh, to to look how it's looking then. Uh, because because I, I think it's really interesting. Like we're talking one week after you launched, and I don't know. I, I I think a year can bring a lot of lot of lot of things. Uh, I mean, maybe you're pivoting, maybe you're growing really fast. I, I I think that would be definitely interesting to checking in again on 
the plans which were discussed today. But uh, yeah, in any case, thank you so much for sharing uh, what you like learned in, in your last uh, months and two, three, four years. I, I think it's really, really insane what you built in this kind of short time. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything, for hosting me on this podcast. It was just really lovely to speak about everything. I hope that I help people with with something but yeah it was just like an amazing an amazing experience to speak and also to well reflect and go again through those through those periods with you so yeah thank you for everything i i guess you're pretty proud of yourself right be, 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 because it's it's like not a like a frog in a, in a pot like heating it slowly like it, it's like boom and you're successful right It's well, just like such a short, like such a short time frame. That's crazy. Well, I would say it looks like a short time frame, but before that, it there were years where nothing was happening. That was just like that <laughs> okay, okay. inner inner work, and I would say that bottom of that iceberg that nobody sees. But then, yes, at some point, it just like started. It started to explode, but it was a lot of work. I would say whatever looks like an overnight success was years of like figuring out things and like going through pain and everything everything learning before. development <laughs> oh yeah that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a lot of pain you know how it is <laughs> yeah I, i i thank you a lot and uh hope to see you uh at some time in i don't know like next year or or whenever uh you're open uh, doing this again okay bye. definitely thanks for everything louis cheers Thank you so much for listening. I still think these numbers are insane, but it was like a really interesting deep dive into this content creation world for me. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, with your family, with colleagues, with whoever could be interested in. Give it a positive review if you like and see you next time.